0: Today's episode.
1: The grass lay is is the main uh, building bricks for my fertility. If you uh, start converting today, you know, at best it's probably three years before you're going to be selling any organic beef.
0: Welcome to Cropcast. I am Tiffany Stevenson and today we're joined by John Ski. He farms at East Mains of Ochter House just outside Dundee. Today, we're going to be talking about organic farming and what his rotation is looking like, um, providing nutrients to the crops and what the challenges of growing potatoes and oats are when you're organic. Hi, John. Thanks very much for joining me today. Would you like to begin by introducing yourself and giving us a bit of a summary of your farm?
1: Okay, I'm uh, John Ski, East Mains Farm, Ochterhouse, just outside Dundee. We're a 500 acre um, organic farm um, where I farm in partnership with my uh, my parents, John and Mary. Um, And I've been doing that for basically 25 years um, since leaving college. Um, we've got uh, on the farm, we've got a suckler uh, cow herd, um, Aberdeen Angus and Ling cross cows. We grow seed potatoes and we grow oats for milling. So we've basically got 500 acres at home uh, in a rotation. We also do another four or 500 acres of contract farming and other arrangements uh, with neighbours. Well, they're not direct neighbours, but uh, within a a 20 mile uh, radius, um, which is all organic as well. Um and we also we grow about a hundred and fifty acres of organic seed potatoes. Um, some on our own ground, some on our contract farm ground, and some on uh, just straight annual uh, seasonal lets.
0: So, what made you go organic? So
1: back in '98, uh, I left Agri College and. Aberdeen, and was basically looking for an income for myself uh, on the family farm at the time uh, with 300 acres and struggling to be enough to justify uh, my existence at home. Uh, So I started looking at possibilities uh, to diversify, to try and give myself an income of some sort and uh, I had been quite inspired at college uh, by David Uni who's the uh, at the time was the organic uh, guru at SAC in Aberdeen and he had gotten me thinking about uh, a lot of stuff and I thought I would maybe uh, give it a go and try and uh, to, to do some niche markets was my main sort of drive.
0: It's great that you were inspired when you were studying. How did the family react to you wanting to go organic?
1: Well, at first, when I proposed it to my father, uh, at first I suggested that uh, we do a a small bit of the farm to uh, to see how it went, and uh, we had a discussion. And uh, I left him to uh, to think about it. And uh, the next day, when I went back to to him to, to speak to him about it again, he said, "Well, I think uh, if you're going down that route, uh, you may as well just go the whole whole hog and put the whole farm in." So that's what we did. Um, so my father was back to uh, farming in the way that uh, he had done when he was young, um, probably pre-modernisation. Uh, um, so he, he, was, uh, he was quite happy with the whole, uh, the whole thing and, uh, and took it quite well.
0: That's good to hear that he was supportive and liked the idea. So when you took the whole farm organic, how did you go through converting the farm?
1: Well, at the time um we had um we were we were growing malt and barley which wasn't uh, a great uh success in the in the late 90s um so we kind we cut that out of the rotation and increased our grass, and really for the first ten years we really emphasised on uh, on livestock and potatoes, um, and it's really been in the last ten years that I've moved back into to growing cereals again, um, so. With a mainly grass rotation, it's actually relatively simple uh, to convert. Um, So that didn't give us a lot of problems at the time.
0: So you're saying it's a mainly grass rotation. What was the rotation when it was just the grass and then the potatoes? And then what is the rotation looking like now?
1: Well, at the time, we were probably... Um, doing four or five years grass um, and then one break of potatoes and then cereals under sown to get back to grass uh, was our standard seven-year rotation, Um, which I've now, you know, 25 years on, I've rejigged my rotation and uh, stretched it out a bit. And... We're doing more like four years grass. Um, Then we do normally one break of uh, broccoli rented out to a a local farmer that does organic broccoli. Uh, One year potatoes. um, One year oats. Then we do one year of uh, vine and peas again rented out to one of the pea groups locally um, and then back to to oats under sown so we've kind of moved from a, a seven year rotation on to, to a nine year rotation and that seems to be working quite well for us at the minute
0: yeah so moving on to the longer rotation you have a lot more crops in there and it's great to hear that you've got the peas has that made a big difference having the peas in the rotation as well
1: um well it, it gives us a break um it gives us uh, a bit of um income coming in uh, and what we do is after the peas are harvested normally about the 10th of july uh, we cultivate the field and uh, sow so stubble turnips or a, or some sort of cover crop, um, stubble turnips we then graze off uh, with sheep. So it, it gives us a, almost two crops in a year. Uh, so it's quite a, a useful tool to have in the middle of a rotation there.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. So, how do you manage the weeds? Because you've got the period from the potatoes through until it goes into the stubble turnips so where there's potential to have weeds coming up through. How do you manage them?
1: The weeds and the potatoes are relatively easy to control. Um, you know, we, we have we do mechanical uh, weeding in those. We uh, we do uh, flame weeding uh, with a gas burner. Um, so weeds and potatoes isn't uh, a big concern for me. Um, in the cereal crops, uh, I tend not to have too many problems uh, with weeds. Certainly after after potatoes, if we've had a, a clean potato crop, uh, the weed burden isn't uh, isn't great in the in the first cereal. Um, in the pea crop, it, uh, peas are relatively slow growing and not greatly competitive. Uh, so there can be a bit of a, a problem with weeds um, in the pea crop. But because it's such a, a short growing season, you know, 10th, 12th of July, uh, the crops harvested, uh, we then get a chance to 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 either cultivate the field or depending on the weed burden, uh, we choose a crop to put in after it. Again, stubble turnips are a relatively uncompetitive slow growing crop, so if we've got a weed burden, uh, stubble turnips aren't great uh, because they don't tend to uh, to smother weeds, so we would put something else in like radish or um, mustard, something like that to try and uh, to, to smother out weeds um, and just to help to build fertility for the, the final arable crop. Um, in the rotation.
0: So, in your rotation, are you ploughing? Are you direct drilling? What are you doing?
1: Um, ploughing is my uh, is my method of uh, cultivation. Um, I know that everyone else, or, you know, the, the buzz thing just now is, you know, shallow ploughing or no ploughing. But in my... Organic system, I'm a great believer in the plough for uh, for burying weeds and, and burying problems. Um, so that's certainly the way I'm going at the minute. I don't see any uh, easy fix from that in, in my organic rotation. Um, you know, I'm obviously deep ploughing for potatoes uh, and broccoli. So to do any other type of uh, of cultivation is is a bit of a struggle for us.
0: No, that's, that's understandable. It's just figuring out what works and if you're able to bury the weeds, then you can completely see why you want to keep plowing as well. Um, so disease is probably another thing. Um, like of potatoes, how do you cope without being able to put a blight spray on?
1: Well, it's probably the biggest headache that I've got in life. Um, yeah. we we have got some very good uh, blight resistant varieties. Um, you know, and there's there's more and more coming uh, to the market all the time. You know, every uh, plant uh, breeder is is looking for disease resistance uh, in their breeding programs. Um, some of them have got decent varieties there, and they're all looking for other ones but we have got we've, we've got a family of uh of potato varieties that were bred in hungary um you know that we've been growing for 25 years and they're 100 percent blight resistant you just you just do not get uh, blight in the crop unfortunately they've got other limiting factors um the the biggest problem being that uh you need to have more than one good feature in a variety for it to be uh, to be a success.
0: So for growing the seed potatoes, you'll have quite a number of varieties on your farm as well. Is it just you hope for the best on those other varieties or is there anything else you're able to do?
1: Normally, uh, in this part of the world, our, uh, our main blight pressure uh, comes in about the 5th, 6th of August seems to be a uh, D-day for me. Um, so if we've got early varieties that uh, bulk up prior to this, um, you know, quite often we've got um, our full crop uh, and we've gotten burnt down by that point. Um, so that kind of covers the, the early varieties you know, you maybe don't need as good blight resistance because you've got, you know, somewhere between 80 and 100% of your your crop yield is there prior to, to blight arriving in the field. Um, but later season varieties have to have a bit of blight resistance uh, to see them through the crop and uh, through to, to, to maturity.
0: So what are the other challenges of growing potatoes organically?
1: A fair bit of my uh, crops are grown on rented ground. Um, so the one of the biggest challenges is uh, building fertility. Um, I can, on, on my own ground, I can build fertility and I know what's there and uh, I can then... Uh, Deplete it with my with veg crops, uh, and then you know I know what I'm dealing with. But one of the problems of taking rented ground uh, from other farmers is you don't actually know what fertility is getting built. Um, So choosing ground with a a history that um, that you know is going to give you good crops is is one of the main factors in. And building a, a, a decent uh, crop of potatoes.
0: You'll also have to have a good relationship with the farmers that you're taking uh, potato land from as well, just to make sure they understand the fertility needed.
1: Yeah, I've uh, you know I've got long-standing uh, arrangements with with most of the the guys that I uh, that I rent from, and uh, you know I can I can monitor. The fertility and, and what is growing in the field the prior year that gives you an insight into uh, to what your potential for the for the potato crop is if you see the the crop growing the year before uh, whether it be grass or or cereals, um you know how many cuts of silage they take off in a season things like that all affect uh, your your fertility building process.
0: Yeah, there's there's definitely lots to think about with the potatoes. So I'm assuming there's quite a good market for organic seed potatoes?
1: Well, we basically, over the last 25 years, built a market uh, around what we call the haughty trade. Um, You know, garden centres, farm shops, gardeners. um, And we've gone out to to produce... uh, sort of catalog of varieties that uh, to try and and suit all types we don't do a lot of mainstream farmers um we tend to to specialize in uh smaller orders mixed palettes, things like that you know a, a customer can can phone us and um place an order for for half a ton you know 20 bags and there might be seven or eight varieties on that pallet and that's what we've gone down the route of uh, specializing in and basically you know supply farm shops um, and you know one to two acre potato growers uh, all over the country
0: Well, you did say at the beginning that when you left college, you were needing to make a space for yourself on the family farm. And I think by having such a niche market, you certainly have gone and made a space for yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've uh, I've kind of cornered my niche. I know that uh, nobody else, I don't think, is uh, daft enough to try and uh, compete with me.
0: That's a good position to be in. So, what about the market for the oats?
1: So a few years ago, I started supplying um, Medlock and Medlock up at uh, Lorms Kirk, who uh, who do uh, gluten free organic oats through uh, the oat mill of Afford um, and so we started supplying them and you know we now do um, around about including other ground that I, I farm for others, uh, we do about 300 acres of organic oats uh, for them. And the, the key thing with their operation is that it's, it's gluten free so they don't want any contamination with barley or wheat so we that's the reason that we we solely grow oats uh, we don't have any barley or wheat on the on the farm at all
0: so, for the oats, I know one of the challenges with oats is keeping it standing because it is such a tall crop. So, with not being able to put um, growth regulators on, how do you keep it standing?
1: Obviously, grown organically without any uh, any nitrogen, you know, we're basically growing a a, a crop that's somewhere between seventy and eighty uh, percent of yield um of a conventional crop and um, so lodging isn't really you know some sometimes we are lucky enough to have a a, a good enough yield that uh, that it lodges but it's not something that that bothers me greatly um some you know it's, it's normally uh, just patches that we may have in the field you know and tend not to have great areas uh, lodged it's certainly not one of my my biggest uh, problem factors
0: i'm not sure how potato yield stiffer
1: i always go on the assumption that uh, if if you go to to take a rented potato field for seed you know you turn up with your uh, your seed and your fertilizer and uh, you know if you plan to grow a 16 ton crop the chances are uh, you put all your inputs in and you'll you'll grow your crop somewhere between 14 tons and and 20 tons maybe Um, whereas organically i turn up with my my inputs and uh, you know i'm maybe budgeting on uh, a 12 ton crop and uh, i can get anywhere between zero and 20. So, um, you know, we we can go from from having cracking crops that uh, you know anybody driving past wouldn't know that they're they're organic or not, um, to other crops that are are a complete failure due to either you know blight or weeds or um or anything in between.
0: So, what things do worry you about the oats? What are your challenges?
1: Well. From my point of view, the my biggest problem is uh, or, or can be uh, lateness of harvest. You know, and it, it sometimes can clash with uh, potato lifting time. Uh, that's that's one of our, our the major problems. You know, spring barley, and uh, and early lifted potatoes work great. But likes of last year, you know, the oats was all was all cut in August. Um, and didn't clash with potato lifting at all. Whereas at present, um, this year, I don't know if we'll have any oats cut in August at all. It's it's gonna back up and then come in along the same time as, uh, as the potatoes, which will give us a bit of a, a logistical nightmare, but the sun might come out and uh, help us out in the next couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, the problem is we can't control the weather. Although I'm sure we all wish we could. So, looking after your soils and um, building fertility is definitely um, one of the most important things that you're doing. So, what are you doing to build the fertility aside from having the grass lay?
1: The grass lay is is the main uh, building. Bricks of my fertility, you know, and, and having a um, having the, the suckler cow herd running alongside uh, is great, and that's where where most of our our fertility is pretty much where all our fertility comes from. Um, you know, so we've obviously we've got the grass lay. We, uh, we make farmyard manure, uh, which we can then apply to um, wherever we need it in the in the rotation, or if we've got fields that that need additional fertility building. I've also got uh, a good source of um, there's a guy locally does organic laying hens which I get the the hen manure uh, from uh, that which I can then add into my rotation uh, where I need it.
0: Yeah, definitely useful being able to have that hen manure and having the cattle there, it saves even moving the manure around too far. It's there ready and waiting. Yeah. So are there any other sources of nutrients that you're able to use?
1: So we we use, on all our uh, potato ground, uh, we buy an organically approved uh, fertiliser. Um which we place uh, down the spout with uh, with our potato crop. Um, it's roughly a triple seven makeup um, and it's also got other trace elements and things like that uh, in it as well, which uh, we seem to have had quite good results. i have been using that for about 10 years and uh, it certainly helps my uh, my potato crop.
0: Good. And we mentioned before about um, putting, say, stubble turn it's in after your peas, um, which is um, great because you've got the sheep back onto the field. What about things like cover crops? You said potentially um, radish if you have a lot of weeds. Do you just put some fields down to cover crops from time to time and just leave it as a green manure?
1: Yeah, for, depending on the on the history of the field and what we're actually trying to achieve, um, you know, my first choice would be uh, to put stubble turnips in uh, in you know summer sown uh, situation because then at least I can utilise it with uh, with livestock uh, in the winter time. Um, but for whatever reason, if the field has a has a weed issue or you know isn't fenced for for sheep or whatever um you know we just have to try and choose something else to uh to try and complement uh what what we think is is the best option um the other thing that we do is try to to sow green manure uh in potato fields if there's potential for for runoff or you know uh, anything like that but i've not had a great lot of success um sowing cover crops in, in later in september uh we just don't seem to have enough uh, to get a start prior to winter
0: yes that's definitely a problem that people have been seeing with it and i'm assuming with the oats that the straw is baled and then used for the cattle
1: yeah, in most situations, um, I'm I'm straw. But again, depends on the situation. Uh, sometimes our are fields that have been uh, under sown. I want to, you know, if there's if there's a good stand of grass underneath, uh, you know, I don't want to be cutting too too uh, close with the combine. I would uh, sometimes just take the heads of oats off and uh, chop straw onto the top, so as not to have the hassle of going back in with balers and trailers and things to to cart off the straw. It, it just all depends on on how how desperate I am for uh, for fodder. Most of my most of my oat straw is is kept for uh, for feeding uh, to dry cows and things like that, whereas most of my bedding straw is uh, bought in. Uh, barley straw uh, from neighbors
0: very good so looking forward to the future are there any changes that you're looking to make to your system
1: um changes to the system <laughs> there's not anything great that I'm wanting to change at the minute um things are are working. Uh, relatively well for me but uh the the system that we're we're running is dependent on um you know the veg crops that are that are grown and also the potato market so if if everything market-wise stays as it is i don't really see that i'm needing to change anything greatly but uh, if overnight my uh my pea guy decides that he doesn't want organic anymore, or likewise the the broccoli guy, um, you know, I would have to to change things to to suit that, but I would probably just revert back to to my more uh, traditional rotation that I had before.
0: Fair enough. If it's working for you, why, why change it if it's not broken? Yeah, yeah. So what advice would you give to somebody who was looking to going into being organic?
1: Well, at present, markets are probably the, potentially the, the stickiest thing. Organic, uh, organic beef at the minute, it's, it's pretty much on fire. Uh, finished uh, organic beef is running at roughly a pound a kilo premium unconventional but in the last 25 years I've seen the peaks and troughs of that and normally people see the, the highs and but by the time they, they jump in and the, the lag time on conversion and things the premiums sometimes disappear before you actually get anything uh, there for the market so that's certainly something to, to bear in mind that if you uh, start converting today, you know, at best, it's probably three years before you're going to be selling any organic beef and um, which time the the premium may have disappeared. But on the other hand, it, the, the premium may be more by then. Who knows?
0: Sadly, we don't have a crystal ball to decide what the markets are going to do in the future.
1: No, no. But uh, certainly potato wise um like of last year um i sold probably 25 percent of my crop uh, conventionally because the there wasn't a good enough organic premium or dependent on the variety the in in some cases you know one variety we exported crop to to Egypt and, and got a higher price conventionally than what we could have achieved organically just due to, to other market factors and um, so and all these things are, are out with your control so it's it's hard to to make a plan when when things can change that are, are out with your control
0: yeah, it's very disappointing to hear that you are getting a better price conventionally than organically. But I know with the conventional market there's all the, always the peaks and troughs, one part's doing well and another not so well. And I think by the sounds of it, the beef's doing well and then the potatoes not so well organically at the moment. And you're right, it just depends what happens, all the external factors that you can't control. Thanks, John. It's been great having you with us today. Next up, we have the update from the field.
2: Hello, my name is George Chalmers, and I'm a consultant with SEC Consulting. This spring has been very challenging for farmers as they try and establish their spring crops. We're starting to see the sunshine and the soil warming up, and we're now seeing more and more fields starting to brayer. The Crops should start racing through the growth stages, hopefully, but unfortunately, that also means that the weeds will do the same. It now means that we need to start thinking about our weed control strategy. You need to really know what your problem weeds are. Is it grass weeds, broad-leaved weeds, or is it even wild oats? Remember, some weeds are more competitive than others. You have more upright weeds, such as wild oats or cleavers, that can cause real harvesting issues, and also potentially crop quality problems. And you've got other weeds at the other end of the spectrum that are quite prostrate in their nature, such as annual meadow grass, that can look pretty bad in the field. However, don't cause so much of a problem, certainly not in terms of crop yield. Ask yourself if you have a potential weed resistance problem. We're seeing more and more issues with, for instance, chickweed Not in herbicides struggling to control it. Maybe you need to start thinking about using a different chemical with a different mode of action. What are key considerations at this time of the year when it comes to weed control? Firstly, know your weeds. Match the herbicides and their rates to the weed spectrum on your farm. Secondly, do you have resistance issues on farm? If so, think about using herbicides with different modes of action. And finally, going early with spring weed control gives you the best chance of effective control and also reduces competition to the crop.
0: Thank you for joining us today. It has been great hearing from John and what he is doing on his farm. Please make sure you subscribe and follow our podcast so you get notified of future episodes every month. If you have enjoyed this episode, why not try listening to Stock Talk, another Farm Advisory Service podcast. Their October episode is also on organics. So they're looking at organics in the livestock sector. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next time.
2: The Farm Advisory Service Podcast. Audio advice on livestock, crops and soils, environment, rural business and more. Brought to you in association with the Scottish Government.